greenwashing, impact washing, integrity, authenticity, with huge inflows of capital into sustainable investment strategies. Investors, managers, and regulators need to be speaking the same language about ESG and impact. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm Toby Mitchell, Senior Editor for ESG and Sustainability at PEI Media and Editor of New Private Markets. I recently caught up with Jim Roth to talk about how to cut through greenwash. Roth has an unusual CV among private markets investors. After around a decade in both academia and the public sector, in 2007, he co-founded Leapfrog Investments, a firm that shaped the private market's impact investing landscape and is still a leader in that space. Since 2019, Roth has been building up Zamo Capital, a specialist investor that backs emerging impact firms, providing them with capital and knowledge to scale. Roth shared his four steps to mitigate greenwashing. Unsurprisingly, given his background, the steps are strongly impact-flavoured. For LPs, they serve as a quick DD checklist. For GPs, more of a mini roadmap. First things first, says Roth, is to trust one's gut and ask whether an investment or a strategy smells right. The first phase is really, and there's no sort of science to it, but it's a kind of a sniff test. In theory, you could spin almost anything to be impact, right? So any economic activity that produces income and employs people, you could present as impactful. And, you know, anything that has any marginal natural resource saving in any production process, you could say is improving the environment. So I guess the first piece that I think investors need to look at is just a kind of a sniff test. Because there's this kind of continuum between, you know, marginally saving a resource and, you know, generating clean energy, and there's a ton of stuff in between, you know, you need to say, look, does this actually sound real? Would this pass a sniff test to the average consumer? And there's no mathematical metrics that are going to help solve that problem. That's a gut feel. And for me, that's the first and really a key piece, right? Does this sound like spin or does this sound real? And there, a lot of it is about materiality, right? Is this really making either a material difference to the environment or a material difference to people's lives that would otherwise not be made and to low-income people's lives? Those to me are the two kind of sniff tests I would apply. Test number two is the measurement framework. There needs to be some framework of measurements and there's a lot of frameworks of measurements and it needs to be a commonly accepted framework of measurements and i've seen a lot of managers that invent their own measurement frameworks and the challenge with that is you know you're always going to have a problem of you know marking your own homework you're always going to do well and so there needs to be some external system of measurements that you're using or that the managers are using and my advice to managers is to use the system of measurement that looks like it's the most widely applied, that's very broad, and that's accepted by large numbers of very large GPs and LPs. My personal preference is for Iris Plus because it's been taken up by lots of really large financial institutions. And so I think that's really important both from a, you know, preventing greenwashing, but also from an LP scaling point of view, because LPs tend to want to be able to integrate their own metrics that they're collecting. Test number three is investing where profit and purpose converge. The third step, and I think this is a key one, is developing and employing metrics where profit and purpose converge. So where there's a collinearity of profit and purpose. 
ultimately, if you're in business and what you're doing is profitable and has an impact, the more those two converge, the more there's kind of collinearity between those two, the more impact you're going to have. Roth gives the example of an insurance company serving low-income people. The more successfully that product serves its customers, the more likely the low-income person is to renew and maintain the insurance safety net, or a manufacturer focused on using fewer natural resources in its production processes. The more successful it is in reducing its resource usage, the more profitable it becomes. So it's important to find these metrics where profit and purpose are collinear, to monitor and manage around these particular metrics. And the other reason they're important is because they also help ensure that post-exit, that the purpose, the, the impact that the business has continues. Because if what is making you money is providing quality, low-cost healthcare with clients that are renewing because they're happy with your product, then you're going to continue in that line of business and you're not going to go into another non-impactful line. The fourth and final test is about actually managing against those targets. The fourth is basically working with managers and it's around targets and it links to the measuring the impact. It's basically about setting targets and then thinking about actively managing against those targets. And so putting in place principles to manage your impact. So it's measurement of impact and then it's actually using the impact, managing against that impact. You know, making sure, for example, that your metrics so that the board sets targets, that those targets are reported to the board and that the board is actively thinking about what it can do to improve that impact. All right, that's, that's key. So there we have it. Some science, some intuition, but a useful starting point for anyone, either LP or GP, to help ensure that impact is credibly built in to an investment process. That's all for today. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts or at any of PEI Media's various titles online. For New Private Markets, I'm Toby Michener. Thanks for listening.